is very, very quiet. We're hunting rabbits. No, we are not. No rabbits allowed here except for cats lovable thumper. Love that. I mean, I mean, rabbit. <laughs> you are listening to NH Unscripted. I am your Elmer Fudd lookalike host, Ray Dudley, out of the home once again. We are coming to you from the not-so-overly-ostentatious digs of the WKXL studios in Concord. 14.50 a.m., 103.9 FM, and for you folks down in the Manchester area, 101.9 FM as well. And for those of you who don't know what an AM or an FM is, and you're looking for a URL, it's www.nhtalkradio.com. In the studio with me today is the legend, Glenn Kosker. Good morning, my friend. Legend. Yes, sir. <laughs> I'm world famous, but only in my own world. <laughs> Take it while you can. I will. Glenn, give me a second. I need to thank my gracious sponsor. Lakes Region Fence out of Guilford. Folks, come on, lrfence.com. What? You're going to be stuffed after Thanksgiving dinner. What else are you going to do? We used to just sit around waiting for the Detroit Lions to lose, but they've changed that. So now, look, you got all this time on your hands. Go out to lrfence.com. Scroll around. Dude, they have so many pictures of such great fencing. And it's the holidays to boot. You know, it's kind of like National Lampoon. You're going to get that that bonus. Why not buy a fence? Come on, look out. Look out your window. You see your neighbor Joe's fence? Come on, it looks like Godzilla walked all over it. You should be saying to yourself, this Thanksgiving, I'm grateful that my fence doesn't look like that. It's going to be brand new. You can get a free estimate from those folks. They got a button out there. You go to lrfence.com, press the button. Matt and his group will send you an estimate for fence they'll call you back if you give them a ring out there we love matt and his group they do all kinds of fencing horse corrals the stuff around your pools you know you've seen fences you know what's going on there thank you matt we appreciate you so much moving on to glenn kosker Glenn will be attempting his terrible British accent during the show today, <laughs> so don't mind him. He's working on something, and so <laughs> that's right. Method actor here. There you I'm, are. I'm actually from Brooklyn. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. It sounds it. Uh, yeah. Yes, and this, uh, but for this particular uh, interview, I'll be. From, no, I'm kidding. No, I, I. But you're right. I grew up in England, so there's still a little bit oh, of that Britishness about me. So you're going to put that whole faux thing on here that you're from Britain? Well, yeah. well. I first of all, thank you for pronouncing my name correctly. Oh, it's my pleasure. Most people, including a boss I had for 12 years, called me Glenn. Oh. Thinking there was an E in my name, and of course it's G-L-Y-N-N, so... If he had checked your employment application and seen the spelling, (laughs) you might have known. Hey, I got a present for you. Oh, a present? Yes, look it. It's the holidays. The holiday, they're Oreos. These are the chocolate-covered Oreos with the red and green stripes. Dude, the budget has expanded. Uh, these are good. Yeah, they cost me a buck ninety-nine. Wow, thank huh? you. You're I, welcome. I, um, I uh, didn't get you. A, uh, well, here's a post-it note. Thank you. Here, here you go. I've been needing one of these. There. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. No problem. <laughs> I didn't know we were exchanging gifts. 
<laughs> thanks, thanks, I, Ray. I like to spring that on my guests. Yeah. You did. Uh, I'm not going to eat them during this, though. Me either. I'm going to hang on to my post-it note. I don't want to get gonna... crumbs in this nice microphone. No, which... no, it's okay. How are you, Julie? I'm good. I'm, yeah. I'm hanging in there. I mean, it's been um, an interesting uh, year for me. <laughs> um, year? Well, yeah, yeah. This is the first year that our theater company has actually done some shows. So um, the theater company being Creative Ambitions Performance Studio, bit of a mouthful. So we call it CAPS because we're from Washington originally. Well, at least I spent my adult life in the Washington, D.C. area, and we're big CAPS fans. Hopefully oh. not infringing on any copyright laws. But, yeah, our theater Can't company... Know. <laughs> our theater company, CAPS NH, had its... First ever p production performed at the Hatbox in March, which was Vanities, which was a great little show. And then we did Educating Rita in August, which I had the pleasure of being in, which was fun because I got to play a stuffy 52-year-old British So person. much unlike yourself. I know. It was a stretch. So much unlike and yourself. at home, I just kept, you know, being a method actor, I... I just stayed in character at home. It drove my wife and family crazy that yeah, I would be this. I can this. see you can't get rid of that British no, accent. No, no. It just it's, lingers. It, it does. It's like, you know, when Daniel Day-Lewis was Lincoln, you know, because <laughs> right. I like to compare myself to Daniel Day-Lewis. Don't like, we all? We're like peas in the pod, except I'm the like outer shell. Yeah, yes, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, yes. exactly. No, but no. So, um, yeah, and then we did the play that I wrote, which is called Masked, um, which uh, is an original play and uh, it was performed this is the third time we performed it so i was excited that uh, we got to do that so it's been a big year theatrically wise you have opened up a fire hose <laughs> of ideas i want to just go back a little bit you mentioned caps mm. how did that come about well my wife tracy and i have always wanted to run a theater company and the reason we wanted to uh, start CAPS was because, frankly, we wanted to get involved in our own company so that there wouldn't be any BS, which sometimes huh. accompanies... What? I know. Did you know what? the theaters, sometimes there's like... Clickish? A board that's no. very clickish <laughs> and very... I had not a clue. I, well, it's a scoop. Oh, yeah. It's a scoop. Breaking news. If they know anything about theater, they're going to be astounded by my comments. I'll that, bet. That there is some egos involved in theater Glenn in New Hampshire. dropping news over the transom as we <laughs> speak. So <clears throat> Tracy and I decided, well, if we create our own theater company then we won't have to deal with that because our our mission statement will be no bleep bleep. Hmm. And uh, that's what we wanted to do. So we got some friends together, some really good friends who are experts in lighting and sound and um, acting and directing and producing. And we got together and decided to form an LLC. We got everything in place. We had a place leased that had a theater that we were going to put a black box in. We got the chairs in. We got uh, a studio where we were going to teach kids. Was this w locally? Where this was, was locally. Yeah. It was in Barrington uh, mm -hmm. in New Hampshire. And we did all this stuff. We planned the season. We got the auditions announced, which were going to be in March, 
but the year was 2020. Let me think. Yeah. Why is that something in the back of my mind? At, in the something in the back of my throat. <laughs> there was. And um, yeah, so that was our timing was that we started all of this in December of 2019. We had all, all the ducks in a row, and then all the ducks got COVID. <laughs> <laughs> so unfortunately, so what? You couldn't restart? No, no. We, we actually paid rent on the place <gasps> and couldn't do anything. Well, you remember? I mean, the theaters closed down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody couldn't be within six feet of each other, and that doesn't bode well for a new theater company. So we 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 never dismantled the LLC or or got rid of any of that. So it was always there. It's just that once that lease expired, we didn't have anywhere to put on a show until this year when uh, Andrew Pernard and the Hatbox Theater graciously allowed us to put, you know, he put three of our shows on his season, yeah. on his 20 Which is, that's incredible. You think yeah. that all, you, three shows in one season. Yeah, yeah. It, it speaks uh, a lot about um, the Hatbox. Yeah. And, you know, they appreciate um, good talent, good shows. Never seen a bad show at that place. I know. I like um, so... Yeah, so that's that's Caps. We we are a theater company in New Hampshire. We're part of NHTA. Um, Just we, homeless. Well, yeah, but uh, nomadic, <laughs> I guess, is a better way of putting that. It's All not right. like we, huh. we, we. You say potato. We don't live in a box outside <laughs> the theater or anything like that. No. Um, yeah, but yeah, we're nomadic, and um, we're looking for a place to perform in 2024. But but we've proved that we can do that, and. There's a lot that goes into a production anywhere. We had to get, you know, the set for Educating Rita involved, um, I don't know, maybe 300 books. And uh, you think that that might be easy to come by, but these books had to be pre-1981 oh. because the play was set in 1981. Oh, so I didn't think of that. So we went to an old bookstore and uh, in um, Northwood, and they were closing down, or at least they were... Getting rid of a lot, of, uh, uh, getting rid of a lot of their inventory. So um, we went in there and we came out with boxes full of books, and Damn. that's how we uh, got the set together for educating Rita. You hear that music? That means we have to dance our way to a break. Glenn is going to continue with that terrible British accent as we <laughs> tap dance our way to make some money and pay some bills. You are listening to NH Unscripted. I am your handsome host. Ray Dudley, happy to be out of bed. We are coming to you from the digs of the WKXL bunkers, deep, deep in the heart of Concord, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM, and for you blessed souls of Manchester, 101.9 FM, and this show, the archives of this show, and all of the other programs can be found at nhtalkradio.com. We're coming back, because Glenn and I, he opened the fire hose, we gotta uh, do something with the water. Desperado, why don't you come to your senses? It's NH Unscripted. I am your Eagles lookalike host, Ray Dudley. We are coming to you from the Noah's Ark-like digs of the KXL Studios in Concord, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM. 
for the happy, angelic souls in Manchester who just rave about us, by the way. You can find us at 101.9 FM. All of our archives, as well as the other shows here, can be found at nhtalkradio.com. There's also a live button. For those of you who, you know, you don't know what a radio is, you can go out there, click the live button. You'll hear us Wednesdays and Friday mornings, 9 a.m., in studio with me, doing a terrible British accent, is Glenn Kosker, good friend of mine. One of the great things I am so happy and blessed to have this microphone is because I like to know the inner workings of the things that go on behind the shows. And Glenn is gracious enough to fill us in on that. Glenn, I want to jump for a second to Masked. Sure. If you don't mind. Of course. Okay. Let's open that can of worms or whatever you want to call it. So it was very personal to you, right? So Glenn wrote a play called Masked. And I yep. went to see, I had to leave at intermission. because Which I haven't forgiven you for. <laughs> I'm casting that aside, <laughs> putting all that on my son's shoulders. Um, but uh, give us the story, the background to that. First of all, I, man, I, I okay. What does it take to write a play? Is it are they always personal? Because you, go ahead. Well, yeah, I mean, this one was personal. Okay, I've written two since, which aren't as personal. But masked was, and what does it take? Patience, patience. You know, you hear about oh, so J.K. Rowling just sat down and wrote Harry Potter in one day on a train or whatever. No, no, no. she she spent months rewriting it. And anybody who's ever written anything, it's it's all about the rewrite. Yeah. And the first draft of of Masked was four hours long or something like that. It was like, like a Hamlet. Marvel's movie, <laughs> right? It was like <laughs> Hamlet, but not as good as Hamlet. Um, so yeah, and it the, the personal aspect of it was 2021 was a bad year for me personally. Um, it um, it started out bad. My dog passed away. Oh, now, man. I know that sounds kind of man. like, you know, I mean, I, I don't, don't watch movies with, where I know the dog dies. Yes. I can see it. I can see Old mass yellow. slaughter. I can see zombies. <laughs> I can see all of that. But if the dog dies, I don't want you. Oh. But so I was very attached to my dog. And the way that she died was, I thought that I had played a part because she ate some raisins out of my... That would do meal. it. I hate raisins. Well, yeah, but they're particularly toxic for dogs. I did not know that. Yeah, so I I spent a good time thinking that uh oh, I did this. Uh, the vet, the vet, the veterinarian uh, assured me that it had nothing to do with the raisins, and she just was. Just it was the knife luck. that did it. Yeah, no, <laughs> it was it was just you know, the poison. It wasn't open. the raisin. No, it was just bad luck. But anyway, she uh, you know, and and that kind of sent me down downwards. And the way I took care of that in my own life was to write. And I wrote the play um, based on what was sort of going on in my own mind. So there is a lot of me in the play. Mm -hmm. um, the central character of Tom, there's a lot of me in Tom's character. He deals with mental health issues. He deals with loss and he deals with grief, which are things that I've dealt with in my adult life. And the whole purpose of Musk was to write a play that focused on mental health issues and sort of took away the stigma that's often attached to them, as well as um, promoting suicide 
prevention awareness and also the impact that social media has on teens. There's a central character in the play who's a 14-year-old girl called Bristol who is fundamentally affected by the pressure of being on social media to the point where it really affects her life. So these are the themes that I put into Musk. Um, and, of course, the, the name Musk is – we're not talking about a physical Musk. We're talking about – it's a metaphor for the masks that many people wear mm-hmm. to cover their, you know, inner demons or their – what they're struggling with underneath the mask. Um, there's a few celebrities that have, you know, yeah. fall into that category. A lot. Yeah, absolutely. I think Robin Williams is a good example. Perfect example. Who was, you know, I think he had lots of battles underneath that mask that everybody loved. Um, but so the play was um, the first draft I wrote in April of 2021. Before you go any further, mm-hmm. you had mentioned COVID and the the stellar shoot up of caps followed by the downward tradition of caps mm-hmm. was any of that in the background as well uh, i mean besides the fact that you're absolutely yeah yeah i needed something to do um creatively yeah so were you I, angry was i angry yeah yeah there was anger in there i'll bet right and some of the anger crept into the play mm. There's a scene in the second act. See, the, the, it's a two-act play. The first act is, is I didn't little, see the second act. I, know, I don't know if you, you knew that. the best part. <laughs> the, you really, you saw the first act, which had a cliffhanger. It did have it. I'm, I'm just don't putting give together. Away the cliffhanger. I won't, I won't, I'm just putting together now what that, <laughs> how that came about. I got it. I got it. Yes. There was a, there was a cliffhanger, huh, huh. and um, the second act informs that cliffhanger and and talks about it gets heavy in the second act so yeah everything that i was feeling at that time went on the paper for this play but like i said the first draft was 200 pages four hours long and i gave it to my wife to read and she i she didn't say anything for about three days as and a I was good like, spouses want right? to do and i said honey the you're not the play um do you have any feedback we need milk um, <laughs> so uh, protecting the marriage at all costs. Right. Yeah, you look good today. Um, now, what was that you said about some play, whatever? No. So yeah, I mean, and the one person that I trust for honest feedback in my life is Tracy, and she gave it to me, and we sat down and we went through it, and she was like, "This doesn't work. This this." These two hundred pages are out. Yeah, yeah. He's got a red pen. Like I felt like I was in eighth grade. Oh, that but, hurts. But anyway, at the end of that conversation, um, after I drove to the beach and spent four hours <laughs> contemplating life, I, I came back and um, <laughs> and rewrote it and and took all of the feedback. And the second draft was shorter and much more succinct. A little over three hundred and fifty pages, I assume. It, it was. It was still long. <laughs> okay. Um, but from there, I just started, you know, I put my pencil down, so to speak, in, this was April of 2021, and then by June or July, I'd rewritten it, you know, little pieces here and there to make it, to make the plot more sort of, uh, it had a, it, it started to have a beginning and a middle and an end and central messages and all of that stuff started to fall into place where I finally said to myself, okay, I can give this to a theater to look at now. Mm. So I emailed it to a lot of theaters in New Hampshire. 
a lot of them. The the second draft, the, thir- the, the where it was in about yeah. July of 2021. It, by that point, it was probably like a fourth or a fifth. Do you think the first one was probably more like a just a stream of consciousness? Yes, you just had to like dump. It definitely was. Yeah, it definitely was, and that's why. It was so long because I have a long yeah. stream of consciousness, apparently, you know, like a four-hour one. Sitting dormant for years. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there were like two-page monologues in uh, Act 2 that huh. that when I look back on it now, I'm like, what was I thinking? Who wants to sit and listen to somebody speak for 10 minutes? The whole but, audience would be crying for like four hours. I think they would be. I think they would be. They would probably be sticking forks in their legs to make sure they didn't <laughs> fall asleep. But anyway, I sent it to all these different theaters. I got crickets, mostly. A couple of people came back and said, we'll, we'll look at it for next season. But one theater company in particular, Ovation Theater Company in Londonderry, New Hampshire, I got an email from Dan Gore and Meg Gore, who run that theater. And they said, we read the play. We want, to come, you want, we want you to come in and speak to us. And this was October of 2021. And I'm like, yes, please, yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I'll be there in ten minutes. Some good news, <clears throat> right? And um, but I, I, we went there. I went there, and um, I could tell immediately that Dan had read the play from start to finish, because we discussed the characters, we discussed the plot, we discussed the themes, we discussed the message, and he he wanted to uh, workshop it. Now, for anybody who doesn't know what that term means in theater, it just means taking an original script, and casting some actors to do just that, workshop it, you know, build it, make it into something better than when it started. So Dan cast seven people in the play, and he began rehearsing it as a workshop, and he would involve me. I would come in and just sort of be a fly on the wall, and that's how the play was developed. All right, hang on to that thought. We gotta take a break while I teach Glenn the proper British accent. He's murdering me here. <laughs> I'll do here. an American one. Oh yeah, thanks. <laughs> Here's your tap shoes. We gotta tap our way out to another break. The time is flying by. You are listening to NH Unscripted. I am your escaped from the home host, Ray Dudley. Not getting the uh, mashed bananas today. We are coming to you from the. Happy, happy digs of the WKXL Studios in Concord. And we can be found 1450 AM, 103.9 FM, 101.9 FM in Manchester, and at nhtalkradio.com. Man, when does the time go? We got so much to uncover. We'll be back. Unscripted. I am Ray Dudley, your ever, ever happy to be out of bed host. We are coming to you from the Taj Mahal-like digs of the WKXL Studios in Concord. We can be found at 1450 AM, 103.9 FM, Manchester. Are you listening? 101.9 down there. NHTalkRadio.com for this show live and for all the archives. Go out there in a few minutes. Check it out. Glenn Kosker is... Oh, wait. I'm going to throw out a reference here. Glenn, see if you catch it. This is an oldie song. Checking it out. Here's some of the lyrics. 
I should have known you bid me farewell. There's a lesson to be learned from this, and I learned it very well. Oh. Just going to drop that right there. I'm going to park that right there. Oh, uh, rubber bowl. Yes, sir. Ding, ding, ding. You are good. I want more cookies. (laughs) I deserve more cookies for that. (laughs) Brain power, baby. Brain power. That is very good. I like 60s music. You should have sang. You should have given me 90s lyrics. I would have been like, uh, I know one 90s song. That's why I can't do 90s lyrics. Uh, I know one 90s song is Run Around by Blues Traveler. It's the only one I know. That's even more than I know. I want to talk to you about writing, and and in particular this one, but is it not uncomfortable to put down something very personal, and and every play is, even if it's not about personal incidents, you wrote it. Is it not uncomfortable to then hand it off and ask somebody, anybody, to take a look at it and edit what you think is a masterpiece? Yes. (laughs) It's hard. That's what I would think. (laughs) Yes, it is. Uh, Yeah. but I'd be hard, bro. I couldn't do it. It's so important. I couldn't do it. It's so important. Luckily for the world, I don't have a huge ego. It's in check, at least. I take, you know, precautions, and my ego never gets the better of me. Oof. I know. I know. It's a dangerous uh, situation. It is. It is. But I did hand this off, and Dan Gore became sort of like the, the Lennon to my McCartney, in a way. I wrote the play. Great. And, yeah, and he... Um, he would send me emails at the end of the day and say, look, this scene with Tom and Julie, the actors are saying it might work better if we do this, if we do that, if they do this, it's not really working for them. And he would suggest some rewrites. I would suggest some rewrites. We would mesh those rewrites together oftentimes. And that's how the play completely changed from when I met Dan and Meg until the premiere, the world premiere, or the first performance was a private performance at Ovation Theatre Company in March of 2022 with this cast after the workshop. It was three months of workshop or two and a half months of workshop. And um, Did it resemble the original? I mean, so it, you put down this original thought, right? And, and then it, it starts to morph. And so you can either be very happy with what you have now engineered or you can be like, oh, man, I only did it because they kept pressuring me. How did it... How did you well, feel when it was done? That was the beauty of this. I never felt pressured. Oh. Um, in that I would agree with Dan and the actors nearly 100% of the time. There were a couple of things where I said, eh, I don't know if I want to change that. But they were minor. So once I got to watch the play... And we, we had some feedback sheets for the audience members who were mostly family and oh, friends. Nice, so nice. They, would, they, they filled out some feedback and there was Anonymously, one, I hope. Uh, oh! I don't, yeah, I think it was. <laughs> okay. but, but there was one piece of feedback in particular that somebody, that, that eight people wrote. And I'm trying to remember what it was. Oh, I know what it was. Yeah, there was a segment in the play, in the first act, um, that deals with um, politics a little bit. And uh, the message I got there was that's it's too long that one little scene. Got you. So I shortened it, and I took the. F- they didn't say take it out. They just no, no, okay. no. Yeah, they just said you know, it kind of goes on a bit. Yeah. And there was other feedback like that, so I would take that. And so after that, um, the um, the prerequisite of them doing the workshop was that 
it would then have its world premiere at Ovation in September of 2022. Where do they perform? They normally perform out of um, the that Opera House? Not the Pinkerton Opera Academy. Oh, the yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know if I said the right name there, yeah. but that's it's your attempted British accent. That's exactly. You. I know. And perhaps I, you know what? I could switch to something else. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, now say Pinkerton. <laughs> Pinkerton. Pinkerton. I understood clearly. The uh, Pinkerton Academy rolls off the tongue. It does. So that yeah, but but um, Masked was performed in September of that year. And um, but prior to that, in the summer of 2022, I sent Musk to a bunch of play festivals in New York City, and one of them picked it up. It won. At least they picked it for their festival out of thousands. Which I'm tooting my own horn now. You, you but, should but be. Toot, yeah. Toot toot. Good for you. Um, it was the only full length play that they selected. The rest of them are one acts. And we got to perform Masked in a special engagement at the Chain Theater in Manhattan. Wait, so you brought a cast to New York, or they you took we, actors from New York? And- no, we we had video auditions. So we gave actors wow. sides. We advertised it on Backstage.com and a couple of other outlets for actors, and we got hundreds of people applying you for did. these roles. Yeah. And we um, we ended up casting two people from California, one from Oklahoma, a couple from around here in New England, and then one from Virginia. Yeah, it was. What? And, and you all met up in New York. Yes, we did in July of people flew out from California. Yes. We had four days of rehearsals. I'm gobsmacked. They learned nice their lines British. in miraculous time. What? Yeah, and we performed it seven times in New York City, which was. Huge, because I got That's some amazing. bigwigs to come and watch it and give me yeah. some feedback. I had the New York Times theater critic there, and I had a couple of Broadway uh, stage managers and a playwright and a dramaturg, and all of these people helped me rewrite it again. Stop the presses. <laughs> Hang on right there. So you had play critics from the New York Times, and I don't know, I, I was blanking out on the rest. Dramaturg. Okay. Are you... Tell me, you you had to be pacing back. I would have been a nervous wreck. I was kind of like an expectant yeah, father, for think. sure. Oh yeah. My God, I couldn't take it. And these people were very kind and um, with their feedback. And they came on four separate, there were four people that came four separate times. So I got to speak to each of them after the, each of the performances. Ooh, that's worth it. And, and it was like, I took notes, you know. Yeah. On my little nerdy phone with my little nerdy pen, <laughs> I took notes because I knew I'm never going to get a chance to do this again, probably, yeah. anytime yeah, right, soon. Right. So, so I took these notes, and it the the feedback that I got from the New York Times theater writer and the dramaturg in particular, who was New York-based as well, was got to do something about the beginning of the first act, which was pretty blunt, but yeah. they told me what they would do. They did. Yeah. And I did it. And? A- and it worked. And everybody who saw it the next time or read it the next time said, yeah, why didn't you think of that before? Did it? Was it that obvious to you after they said yes. it? Yes. It was. Yes, it was. Yeah. See, that's the thing, right? It's yeah. like you get a different set of eyes watching yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. When you're too close to it. So, yeah. So then we, we I, the version that's out there right now is probably the 80th rewrite. Oh, but. The, we performed it in September of 22, which was the official world premiere production because it was an actual production. And then we um, 
the Hatbox Theater. I pitched it. Well, I pitched it to the Players Ring in Portsmouth first. Yeah. Um, did not get any traction there. Really? Unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, well, they like it's all a lot good. Of that kind of stuff. It's all good. Yeah. And I'm didn't they respect for the Players Ring. I mean, everybody. It's a, it's a heavy subject. You know, depression and mental health yeah. disorder. And Have you met the people out there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought. So about, I love the Players Ring. Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> I, again, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so, but get they, the lawyer. Here we go. But everything happens for a reason. So yeah. I pitched at the hat box and Andrew Pernard and his um, reading committee. And uh, they said, yeah. And so it was performed again in August of this past year. Um, Is there again? In the hat box again? At the hat box. Okay. Yeah. Right. yeah. So it's Last been there weekend. twice? No, no, no. This, oh, oh, the, the first performance was in Londonderry. Got you. And then. And then New York. And now this past August, it was at the hat box right here in Concord. And we only did three shows, and um, I ended up being on stage only because of a situation involving the lead actress, the lead actor. Um, I didn't know that. I yeah, saw you, and I yeah, just assumed you were in. No, or... she dropped out. What? So the role of Claire in the play yeah. became the role of Clark, oh. which I played. And the person who was playing Claire moved up to play the lead role of Julie. Man, we're putting a thumbtack in that one. We gotta go refill our moxie mugs. You were listening to NH Unscripted. I am your ever-aging host, Ray Dudley. We are coming to you from the studios of the WKXL Bunkers in Concord. 1450 AM, 103.9 FM, and you happy, 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 happy. Folks down in Manchester can find us at 101.9 FM. We're also at nhtalkradio.com. Glenn and I are coming back. We got things to finish chatting about. Be right back. Hello, darkness, my old friend. We are back to chat with you again. It is Glenn Kosker across the table from me, Ray Dudley, handsome as ever. I got that one hair combed over. You are listening to NH Unscripted. Yeah, I am your Paul Simon lookalike, Ray Dudley. We are coming to you from the Noah's Ark-like conditions because it's raining out here. The WKXL Studios in Concord. Kind of not sure if I like the weather or not, but... You didn't tune in for the weather report from me. You can find us at 1450 AM, 103.9 FM. Those are all Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester, and www.nhtalkradio.com for those who need a URL. Glenn, Glenn, are yes. we done on that topic? I think so. Of masked? Yeah. How many more have you written? I've written two. And? Two more. The, the next one is True Crimes. Any comedies in there? Well, this one's it's got- It's getting some, pretty dark. This one's got some comedic aspects, and that one's going to go up in uh, at the Garrison Players in May. 
And uh, I have seen you, and I think I saw Tracy at something at the Garrison Players. Yeah, you probably did. Yeah, that's like I like going out there. It's in the middle of nowhere. It sure is. You gotta get a parachute and get dropped in. You, I think you need a visa. In fact, I'm it, not sure. I'll check. But it is out there, baby. It is. It is. Yeah, renew your passport and Are come you and guys, see. You live on that area? We do. We live uh, in Durham. So it's not too far for okay, us, I but guess. Um, yeah, we're seacoast people, yeah. you know. So what, um, you want to tell us what True Crimes is about, or? Sure, yeah, I mean, it's a murder mystery. Ooh. Yeah. Yes. And it's, you know, it's set in the present, it's set in New Hampshire. How big a cast? Uh, this eight. Um, the main actor is a, a police officer, and I got the idea for the play when I was chatting with one of my really good friends who is a police officer. You have friends? I do. What? Yeah. Well, dang. Well, How much you pay are him? we still friends? Yes, we are still friends. <laughs> so, right. yes, I do have at least one friend. Check your contact list. <laughs> <laughs> so, that, I got the idea from him and it just sort of uh, again, it took it took me a year and a half to write and there were lots of rewrites. We yeah. didn't do a workshop this time yeah. and and I think the performance in May will be kind of the workshop in a way. I mean, it's it's a it's polished, but I'll be sitting there taking some notes to Two maybe acts. Uh, yeah, it two act, two act. Okay. comedy, murder mystery, true crimes, easy to remember. Yeah. Were you hoping to do it at the hat box? Um, I didn't pitch it to the hat box. Okay. Um, I, when I first moved up to New Hampshire, Garrison welcomed me yeah. as an actor. And it's that fake British accent. It, it's it every is. Time. Yeah. So I tried out for Keep Death Trap. <laughs> and, of course, Sidney Brewer is quite, you know, he's like very posh and... Uh, uh, so I tried out for Death Trap, and Garrison cast me in that. And then I did a few more shows. So I feel like I owe something back to them. Yeah. And so it's going to get done at Garrison. Um, but, um, yeah, and now I'm writing a, a third play, which I've almost finished. Which so it, you're on a roll here. Do you, yeah. do you have like you have like a notepad with more ideas of things? that you, you do. I do. Yeah, and I'm getting to the point now where if I don't write them down immediately on my phone, I will for, actually. I'm going to do that right now. I need to get my. Phone. I just had an idea, so let me just working. Yes, that's right. I'm across. There those, we go. I'm across from a radio host, <laughs> and uh, yeah, someone comes in, breaks in, kills us both. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. My next play will, will feature you as the uh, as murder the, hero, the radio host. Now, it was a lot of fun sharing the stage with you, by the way. Well, thank you very much. We had a lot of fun in we, the man who came to dinner. We did. That was at the Majestic, 2019. Yeah. Gosh, time flies. It does. Time flies. That was a fun play. It's probably the most fun I've ever had in on stage. It's crazy. I mean, I looked forward to coming onto that stage. <laughs> and, and anybody who doesn't know the play, the part that I played, he's only on stage for about 15 minutes in uh. the second act. Of course, Ray has every other line in the entire play. I mean, literally like 2,000 lines. <laughs> Well, he's playing this central character, and I and I I don't know. It just look you look like you were ha- having fun oh, as the character. Ball. It yeah. was a ball. I got to tell you a story. I don't know if you knew this, but Pat Delzell, mm-hmm. she played the crazy. Yes, the she came out with a professor. Wife. Yes, correct. Mm-hmm. She comes up to me one day and she says, "Ray, I just want you to know, I'm not going to learn my lines. They're all going to be on these cards right here." <laughs> And she did it. That she had those cards because she brings out like a thing of penguins or whatever, and she had her cards right there and did not learn her lines. Oh, Pat! Well, you did, my friend. You learned all of those lines. And I saw a production of that play in 2000 where the man playing Sheridan Whiteside didn't bother to learn his lines. He had them 
in like the candy box on the desk. He was pulling oh, out really? like, little pieces of paper from his sleeve and all uh, kinds of stuff. Man, so. I got no room for that. No, I don't either. You have to learn no the lines. I have no tolerance. You I have, have to, to learn the yeah, lines. Yeah, because you can't. If, if people are going to know you're looking at something. It's like there's an, 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 an you, analogy. Somebody told me in New York. How do you, an actor was asked, how do you learn all those lines? And he said, well, you know how an airline pilot learns how to fly a plane? <laughs> it's the same, you know, if that airline pilot was only like 50% there, it would crash. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so, it's a great analogy. Yeah. And like, it should uh, crash because, and it, because that's just lazy. It is. Because you and I both know everybody has plenty of time to learn their lines. Mm. Everybody. It's not like they sneak it up on you unless like yourself in your play, you all of a sudden find out something's happened. Uh, it's but true. For it's the most eight weeks. Yes, right? That, that's just sheer laziness. So what do you got coming up? Well. Are you in anything? I am not coming up. Um, I'm going to be focusing on true crimes and just sort of. Fleshing it out Yeah, more? being a fly on the wall there a little bit, perhaps. Yeah. Are you going to direct it there? Or no, just, Mike just Doyle is directing it. Mike Doyle is the director of that play. Um, but he and I are going to get together and just sort of chat about it, you know, yeah. playwright and director. And um, I'm not going to be too involved, but it will be sort of in the periphery. I've still got so many roles on my bucket list, Ray. What? I'm just waiting for theaters to do them, you know. What? Um, like oh, what? I am what? directing Name next year. I'm directing at Majestic. Yes, you told Sleuth. me about that. You did. Yes, Sleuth. Which I believe is in June at Majestic in Manchester, and there's a role in that for somebody I know that is anyone in this room. Yeah, let, huh? me, let me look around yeah, here. <laughs> it's not that chair. So you that. suggested I look at the movie, which I did. I watched yeah. the whole thing. It's over two hours long. Yes. Um, my only concern is, and I don't know how to really give away the plot here. Um, there's a character who shows up. Yes. That. If it's not done right, you know exactly. It was not. It was not done right. Correct. In 1972, in uh -huh. the movie that you're referring to, I'm like, to. I know exactly who that is. I know, right? <laughs> you, 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 you're like, well, he could have changed his voice. Or, anyway, thank yeah, you, thank but, you. Now I know what you're talking about, but of course, <clears throat> most people know that there's a big twist. Um, but you're right. It, it is. It has to be done right. It does. It does. This play. Do you have the confidence it can be? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do. Because um, it's it, it ruins the whole the whole second act if it's yeah, not done right. Yeah, no. because you can't. You've pulled them out of the of the uh, the fantasy. You know. Well, we we Tracy directed this play in two thousand and five, and. We cast an actor who was six foot five. Yeah, but he was really good. But but I'm not going to give well, away you can't too yeah. much of the plot. It's hard to anyway. But I anyway, know, I, know, I know it's a great play. Laurence Olivier played the role in uh, in the movie. I think he might have been in the stage play as well. I'll have to. I don't remember. But it is great. It's a great play. It's yeah. a two person play. Yeah. And um, he played opposite Michael Caine in the movie. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. He did a great job too. I mean, obviously he's Sir Lawrence Olivier, but I, it was a role I that I had not expected him to be. That I don't know. I, I just expected him to be more elderly. 
he, he was a younger plane. You know, he was yeah. more energetic. Yeah. He had a lot more energy life in him than I thought. Well, he would have been about, what, 60, 64 or something when that movie was made. And I think the character he was playing was very sort of bubbly and jovial and pompous and all pompous that. Pompous for and, sure. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, but that actually, uh, that's actually on one of my uh, bucket list uh, roles is is to play the part, but I'm directing it, which is second best. You know, I, yeah. I, I love directing. And, uh, so um, the good thing about that is it's only two people. I yeah. mean, it's not like really. Yeah. I and I was just in a two-person show, Educating Rita at Hatbox. How did that go? I didn't get it to see that. Well. Yeah. Oh, it was so much fun. I shared the stage with a lovely lady called Tara Johns, and she was fantastic in the play. Tracy directed it. It was such a success. Do you believe he left us with that cliffhanger? I had so many more questions once he said his wife directed him. Guess where that was going to go? We are done. You have been listening to NH Unscripted. I am your host, ready to get out of here, Ray Dudley. I got to give Glenn some accent lessons here. I don't know. He <laughs> grates on me the way he does it. We have been coming to you from the KXL Studios in Concord, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM, 101.9 FM in Manchester. NHTalkRadio.com is the URL. Wednesdays and Fridays, 9 a.m., you can listen to us. Goodbye! See you, Glenn. Thank you. Thank you, Ray. Yes.